Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. The title of the sermon is The God Who Sees. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Now, normally before Christ there would have been some horn and some fingers and some other stuff but I was like don't do it just just back off and then what was the Lord just his humor somebody did it to him <laughs> not even a few like a mile earlier somebody jumped in front of him and he had to slam on his brakes and I was just like ah Lord but it happens and then he gets upset I could see him in the thing going on and it's like that's that's our we incline so if we are like just take what you know already love my neighbor as myself love my wife as Christ loves the church right so that those are simple things that we we know already the other thing that we do is we seek God uh, godly input this is important what I mean by that is you need to have somebody in your life that will give you godly counsel okay if you know their walk is not straight don't ask them for counsel like if you know hey man i i don't know man it's you know they they've been they were at the bar two weeks ago it was on instagram that's probably not the person you want to get godly counsel from you need somebody that can give you some wisdom proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 says where there is no guidance the people fall but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. I, I think that verse kind of covers the White House right now. There's no guidance. If you have godly counselors, it's, man, we need those. The, I love that. But in the abundance, like it's saying, like more, have more than just one. You need to have somebody on speed dial. Hey, man, I, I know that guy's going to pick up the phone even if it's 2 in the morning. Or he's going to call me first thing in the morning. I need prayers, this is going on, whatever. You know, you need to have those people in your life. Uh, those things are important. And, and you know, the, the other thing is, too, is to, to know the will of God is to, God knows exactly how he's wired you. And, and so one of the things that we, we understand is that in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it says, As to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiries. And so what we do is we are seeking God's will for our life through prayer, uh, through the word. Uh, and, and we're going to get into that this weekend as we talk about prayer because we're going to finish 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I promise this week we're going to finish it and then we're off to 1 Peter. 
Uh, and once we get into First Peter, we'll be in that. We'll probably be in First Peter the rest of the year. And then we'll be in Second Peter towards the second half of the year. But it's understanding what God's will is for your life. But you have to understand what you've been gifted in. We've all been gifted with at least one gift from the Holy Spirit. At least one. But are you using it? Do you know what it is? Some people don't know what it is. I, I, I had a conversation with my son. My son can teach the Word of God way better than Dad. 21 years old. And I'm like, dude, your gift is sitting in the back of the shed somewhere collecting rust. What are you doing? Because he's, he's trying to figure out, like, Dad, what am I supposed to do next? And I'm like, what is God's will for your life? You need to start praying for that. But I can tell you one thing. The gift that you've been given is not being exercised. You need to you need to start using. He's a natural leader, natural leader, and and very mature for his age. But he needs to he needs to get off the the can and get moving. You know, God, I, man, I would love. I didn't come to faith till I was thirty nine. I would have loved to have had it at twenty one. I mean, my son's been since five years old. And 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 part of it is he's single. He's pure, you know he keeps he doesn't practice sexual morality, and so there's a purity to his teaching. He's not been marred by the world. I got 39 years of the world, and and so are you exercising that gift though? All of you got one. You may be an encourager, right? You have the gift of encouragement. Are you encouraging people? We need man. Everybody needs encouragement. We all do. We all do. We all need somebody to come up behind us and tell, hey, man, you could do this. Now get going. <laughs> we need that, right? The other thing is, is we need to know uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit our direction. I believe that, that when you're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, God will show you uh, the direction that you're supposed to go. And that's through prayer. That's through being in the Word. It's just those basic things. And I know that people get tired like, what is the will of God? Why are you telling me I need to be in the Word of God? Why are you telling me I need to be in prayer? Those may seem basic to you. And you're like, that's all the pastor ever tells me. Well, that's because that's, what, that's how you know the will of God. You're hearing from God when you open His Word. And we'll get to that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. I love what it says there, because it says, For things we can render to God for your return, in your return, for all joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account, as we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. They are, you know, praying, and that was something that Paul did. He was a man of prayer, and, and, and he was constantly seeking the Spirit and the will of God. Like, what is the direction? He would get, you can't go there. Why? The Holy Spirit said, I can't go there. i got to go here. You, you only know that when you're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. And we used that analogy with you all before where, you know, the missionary, uh, Lloyd Pulley, he wrote that book um, under his influence. I always say it wrong. <laughs> but it's being connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the things he talked about, he said there was a missionary overseas in Europe that had a car. And it was most of the kids wouldn't even know what it is, a stick shift. And so it, he would have to jump it. The guy would tell him, hey, make sure you're always going downhill. So that way when you have to start the car, because there's something wrong, 
and we can't figure it out, but you're, you're going to have to jump the car through throwing the clutch. And so the guy did it for two years. New guy comes in to take over uh, for the missionary for that area, and he tells them the same thing. Make sure you park it downhill. And the guy's like, why? He's a mechanic. He, he was like, let me just pop the hood. And what it was is those connectors to the alternator were not connected. It, it, that He wasn't connected. And that's our life. That's a picture of our life when we're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Like you can't be the husband or the father or the wife or the mother or the grandmother, the godly grandmother that we all, or godly grandfather that we're wanting to be, if you're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot walk this life without it. That's God's will for your life is like Jesus died on the cross for you and you were paid for by the blood of Christ. A very, like, we don't think about that enough. You're his children. And he's like sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Be connected to it. But again, if we're biblically illiterate, we don't spend time in God's word. We don't spend time in prayer. How are you going to be connected to it? How are you going to know his will? You're flying at the seat of your pants, making decisions off your emotions and feelings. And we got to be careful with that because that feelings is the F word in the church. Don't do that. Don't make decisions, especially men. Don't make decisions off your emotions and feelings. And it's so easy to do. When we're in time, when our time of prayer, and you're wanting to know the direction for your life, keep a notebook there. Pray. If there are things that are specifically on your heart, like, Lord, what is, you know, I, I, I need to find a new job. Then pray. And then make sure you be ready to write something down because something's going to be given to you. You're going to hear from the Lord. And that time of prayer, what is, you know, Lord, what is the next step for my family, for my finances? Like, Lord, I, I, I need direction. Be ready to hear from God. John 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Back to Hagar and verse 4, he went to, and to Hagar, she conceived and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight and Sarah uh, said to Abram, may the wrong done uh, done me upon you. I gave my maiden to your arms, but when she saw this, uh, saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge me between you and me. May the Lord judge between me and you. And so uh, now she begins to mistreat Hagar. There's a great book, Hurt People, Hurt People. <laughs> and that's what Sarah's hurt. So she's going to hurt Hagar, not physically, but emotionally, spiritually, whatever she can do, she's going to do. She's scorned. And that's what happens. You know, Sarah's flesh is out now. And so that enmity and strife and jealousy, all that stuff that you read about in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, that's what's being poured out in her life. She's upset. And eventually she's going to take it out on her husband. But Abram said to Sarah, Behold, your maid is in your power. So he's saying... Uh, in the Hebrew, what that means is in your hands. He's like, whatever you need to do, she's in your hands. So he wipes his hands with it. He's like, I'm not. That's on you. Now, he says, you do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarah treated her harshly, and she fled from her parents. So Abram's responsibility gets like he makes bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. 
And I, I cannot stand it when men make excuses. You have been called to be men of God. Lead. And that means when you, when you make a bad decision, own it. And learn from it. We don't do that. We don't do that. And, and we are, we're, we're, you know, at the end of the day, it's like they're, you know, Abram's not only just not listened to God, but now he's just fallen further and further into this. And it's sad when you, when you look at this and, and he's just like, hey, in your hands, she's in your hands. And then what does Sarah do? She treated her harshly. She got more upset. And so Sarah uh, was evil to her and Hagar flees. And, and to understand as a maidservant, as a slave, she could have been stoned to death if she would have been caught Hagar. So it's, it, when you see that, it's like it, th there's a reason the angel of the Lord shows up. And it says, Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And so God's timing is always precise, always on point. And so God sees um, and saw Hagar. It's the angel of the Lord. It's the good shepherd. This is what we call a Christophany in the Bible. Um, it's, it's moments where, the, uh, where Jesus appears. And, and, and so when people tell me, well, Jesus was never in the Old Testament, it's like the whole book is about Jesus. <laughs> Wake up, man. The whole book is about him. You know, as we just miss it. Um, and so... At the end of the day, it's like we have uh, an appearance here, and, and that's who the angel is. Uh, and, and I'll explain to you a little bit more when we get to, uh, as it says, the Lord sees, as we look at El Roy. Um, but it is a Christophany here. And it says in verse 8, he said, Hagar, Sarah, made where have you come, and, and from where are you going? Now, this is an all-knowing, all uh, a God who stands outside of time, he knows where she's gone. She, he knows what's going on. He knows all of it. He knows what Sarah's, what's on Sarah's heart. And Lord, I can imagine he's ready to just thump Abram. But that's not our God. That's us, right? But Abram's made some bad decisions. But he knows everything that's going on. He said, Hagar, Sarah's what? And we probably missed this when we read it made he puts her to a place of humility he's like hey uh, you, you we need to we need to look at this because he, he calls her 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 maid so he's humbling her like you took off you're Sarah's maid her bond servant you just took off and so he knows the whole circumstance. And, and then it says, Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Now, this is where none of us want to do this, to submit ourselves to authority. Right? We just talked about that a second ago. But think about this. She's being treated harshly. Now, she's not being physically abused. Right? But she is, is nothing life-threatening because, you, you know, God's going to send her back. But he's like, sometimes what it is, is like you need to humble yourself to the circumstances where you submit to the authority. Right, right now, look, I, I probably tell we took a poll in this room, none of us agree with the direction we're going, right? But I submit to the authority of, of the president. I don't agree, but I respect the office. 
And so that's that's part of it, right? We we all have that authority that we have to submit to. We don't agree with it. We're not running the streets and protesting and doing all that stuff. What do we do? We pull our Bibles out and we vote. That's what we do. Now they 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 have you as some kind of crazy Looney Tunes. I think that's what their Christians are being deemed that as in 2024 but hey you know what we submit to god we submit to the authority that god has placed over us that's that's what we do and and you know until you give me something that goes against god's word then i'm not doing it it's, it's that simple so she gets bad news here like she he's like hey you got to go back <laughs> it's probably the last thing she wanted to hear right and she didn't want to hear that. And so he's like, you need to submit. And through her submission, he blesses her. Obedience is always, and I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, even if you're, if you're walking into submission and, and obedience, there's always a blessing with it. Always. When we get into First Peter, y'all are going to be learning a lot about submission. You're probably going to be like, man, why does I keep having this thing happen at work? Or why does this thing? You're going to be given an opportunity to practically apply that. First Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to everyone's human institution, whether to the king as in one in authority or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and praise of those who do right. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. In the same way, you wives be submissive to your husbands. So that even if any of, you, of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. First Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. So we, we, he's humble yourself. Humble yourself. And, and it's through that humility and that submission to God, there will be a blessing. You never know. You just never know. You may have somebody that really rubs you the wrong way. And, and through that humility and submission, it may open the door to share the gospel with them. It, it happens. Kevin had somebody at work that was that way. Like, it was tough. And I mean, I met her. She is sandpaper all day long. It's like hugging a cactus. We all have those. <laughs> we laugh, but we all have those people in our lives, right? Just be humble. If they're over authority of you, submit to them. Verse 10, Moreover, the angel of the Lord said there, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. So now we have her being given this. And the angel of the Lord said, so this is why we know this is a Christophany because only the Lord can do this. This ain't just an angel. An angel doesn't have that kind of power to do this. The angel of the Lord said to her, Further, behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. And we're learning about affliction this past week. And he will be a wild donkey of a man. Man, that doesn't seem like that's going to be fun raising that kid, right? His hand will be against everyone. Does that sound like the Middle East? <laughs> right? This is why I love the Bible. This is the Old Testament, and you're seeing this played out in our world today. And everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live to the east of all of his brothers. So a wild donkey is not to be uh, mean. It's just that he's going to be aggressive. 
he's going to want his will. And if he doesn't get his will, he's going to make a way to get his will. That's, that's what it means. He is going to be self-reliant and he will trust nobody. Now you understand why there's been such conflict over all the centuries in the Middle East. It's because of these two ascendants. And, and, and then we see verse 13. And then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees for, she said, I have remained alive here after seeing him. So the word that we have for the, you are the God who sees is actually El Roy. And, uh, and that is he sees and cares above all circumstances. And, and so it's important for us to understand like that is the, the first time it's used in the Bible, uh, this, uh, this name for the Lord. And, and so that is uh, how she, she shares it. And then she says, therefore, there, uh, the well was called Bir Laharoi. Behold, it is Kadesh and Bered. Uh, so Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram, uh, Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Can you imagine being a dad at 86 years old? Who's the oldest dad we got in here? Like when's, oh, Kirk, there you go. You got grandkids now, buddy. Can you imagine having a kid now? No. I can't, anybody else like right now want that challenge? I could, I could do it, but I'm not sure Teresa would want to, you know, I would love it. But I love this. So, uh, quick thing real quick, and we'll close it up here. The Arab nations are independent people. So they're, they're dwelling in desert lands and they're resisting, uh, other nations. And that's been like that since the birth of Ishmael. And so the, they, uh, one of the things that we get is Abram called, uh, named the child Ishmael, and, and that means God will hear. And, and so this was a real rebuke for Abram, for he had not believed that God would hear his prayer and brought a child from his loins, but yet uh, it's still going to happen with, with Sarah. And then verse 16, when we look at that, Abram's 86 years old, 86 years old, but yet this child is the child of flesh. This is the child of flesh, meaning that this came from their own fleshly desires. Abram sinned, and it, and it postpones the birth of Isaac for over 14 years. It, it, that doesn't happen. He lost control of his household. I wonder if the relationship was ever the same. Adultery is a mess, messy situation, right? Was the, was the relationship ever the same? Would she ever trust him again? He suffered a broken heart because he would lose. Eventually, Ishmael would, would be gone. And then the other part of Abram's sin here is the Arabs and the Jews are still fighting today. So this sin is still being played out on the, in the world. Sarah's sin. She despised Hagar. She was filled with jealousy. And she blamed others for her sin. It's, it's because of you. And then she took her own sin on, out on others. And she lost the character of the grace that she had in her life. We need to remember that there is a consequence when we get outside the will of God. When you start doing things in your flesh, and then that's when we do what? Lord, where are you? Help me, right? And he's like, I never told you to go this direction. <laughs> what are you doing? He loves you, but it's like he never called you to go do that. 
keep up with understanding the will of God. Those simple things. Just make sure that you're you're internalizing the word of God. That means you're actually spending time in it. That you're actually obedient to the word of God. So you obey what what the what you know. So like you may have read the Bible over and over. What do you know today? That's how you disciple somebody. What, what did you read today? When somebody comes to you and says, man, I got this thing and I, my, me and my wife are arguing. Like, where are you at in your word today? What did you read? What did you read? I had somebody get upset one day and, and I had to go talk to them at the house. and Nasty fight. Nasty fight. What was you reading today? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I was like, well, I guess we're going to practice this one right now. Because you, you, you need to repent, and then you owe some people some apologies. It's like you, the reality of it is, is like, are we going to actually apply the thing that we, <laughs> we read today? Will we do that? And, and just, you know, remember, like, we, our walks be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Work on strengthening your walk every day. And you need a Timothy in your life. And you also need to have godly counsel that you can go to. So make sure you have that. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 